1: Welcome to SaaS Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about some practical frameworks and tactical tips to help you level up your SaaS marketing game. Joining us for SaaS Marketing Week is Rachel Leist, who is the Senior Director of Marketing at HubSpot, which is a leading customer relationship management platform that provides software and support to help businesses grow better. HubSpot builds sales, marketing, services, and website management products that start at free and scale to meet any of their customers' needs at any stage of growth. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, HubSpot is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. Yesterday, Rachel and I kicked off SaaS Marketing Week by talking about the SaaS Demand Gen Playbook. And today we're going to continue the conversation talking about some email marketing guidelines for SaaS businesses. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Rachel Leist from HubSpot. Rachel, welcome back to SaaS Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast.
2: Thank you, it's great to be back.
1: Excited to have you back and to continue our conversation. Yesterday, we started talking about the top of the funnel and it's a relatively simple conversation. You can do content, You can do performance marketing, and then maybe you sprinkle on a little of everything else. You do some events, you're a member of the community, send some cold emails. But moral of the story is most SaaS businesses are being grown out of performance marketing or content strategies, which is great. You get a lot of people to your website. If you're doing brand stuff, hopefully they find it on their own. Then the question becomes, all right, well, how do I turn a site visitor into an actual customer? I think often the answer is you got to build your email list. Talk to me about some of the marketing guidelines that you have for SaaS businesses when it comes to email.
2: Definitely. We have two different email strategies. One is based on people coming to our website and our product for the first time. We have onboarding for our in-app signups. And then we have something we call first conversion nurturing for people coming to the website for the first time. Both of these are essentially a welcome, here's what we're all about, here's some helpful resources, and that starts our relationship with them. And the most important thing is remembering what the customer is trying to do. They're not trying to be bombarded with messaging at that point. They're just trying to figure out what you're all about. The other part to our email strategy is something we call triggers. And that means as they're going through your website, they're going through your product, there's key pages that they might have a higher intent to take certain actions on. And based on those pages and those actions, we will send automation, email automation to them, asking them if they need more help, trying to get them additional resources based on what they're viewing and really trying to engage them. Separate from email, I know we'll talk about this later, do want to talk about our conversational marketing strategy, because I think that's something that Companies want to put to the back burner, even though it's still new, but not as new as it used to be. And that's actually a key part of our demand strategy.
1: All right. Well, let's table that. That's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) But I'll cut to the chase when it comes to email marketing. Look, you can do sort of, you know, you signed up. Now I'm going to put you in a drip campaign and send you some educational email. I'm going to invite you to the webinars or the events that we're having. And if you get to a product page, I'm going to email saying you want to buy this product. And Then you're going to go to the checkout page, and I'm going to email you again, and then I'm going to do this, and I'm going to email you again, and again, and again, and again. again. The balance here is how do I raise my email frequency to stay top of mind and present relevant information to you to get you educated and nurtured without pissing you off by sending you too many emails? So how do you find the balance and sweet spot when you've got these three different sort of fields of. My sales team, my newsletter, my transactional, my triggered emails, help me find the balance.
2: Yeah, I think this is every email marketer's biggest challenge, worst nightmare, no more biggest challenge.
1: It's the customer's biggest nightmare too.
2: Definitely, because I think, think about all the emails you're receiving right now probably just go through and delete most of them.
1: Oh, I'm a notorious unsubscriber.
2: I unsubscribe about once a year on Black Friday. It gives me a lot of joy.
1: I'm like an everyday unsubscriber. I'm an inbox zeroer. If you get to my inbox and it's not relevant, you're out of there.
2: That is dedication. I respect that. But I think you're right. Generally, the strategy is what you were describing. It's you go to this page, you get this email, you have this newsletter. If you have a blog, you get the blog subscription emails. So how do you stand out is the question. I think it's about changing what the email experience is actually like and improve segmentation and targeting. So I'll talk about both of those, but let's start with the actual email experience. Hit me with it. Most of the emails you receive probably all look the same. We have to look different. Sure. The subject line has to be engaging, but the email itself has to be something that's appealing. That could be including videos that could be including gifts that it has to be something that's different. We've actually done things like countdown timers or scratch-offs and email, something to be a little bit different and exciting when you see that email in your inbox. And that has really, really helped to engage our audience.
1: That's interesting. I've heard conflicting strategies here. Facebook notoriously built on the back of email and they figured out how many emails can we send you? This person looked at your profile. This person's birthday is coming up and this person commented on your whatever. And the more emails they sent, the faster the company grew. But what they learned was the uglier the emails were, the more effective they were. The more they looked like a Gmail email or a personal email, the better they performed as opposed to rich HTML, these beautiful designs that we all want to just make our emails look so great and then they don't perform?
2: Well, I think it depends what your goal is. If you are trying to get a meeting book with your sales team, which is part of our strategy, one of the things we do is we send emails on behalf of our sales reps and try to get them meetings based on actions that our audience is taking. And those emails, we want to be as plain as possible because it should feel like it's coming from our sales rep. Other things like our newsletters, when we created more innovative, more beautiful designs. And when I say beautiful designs, sometimes it's taking it from Apple. It's actually a plain look and feel. But with interactive content, that actually works better for that strategy. So it really depends.
1: I agree with you. And I think you made a key point there. Simple design, interactive content. Yes, you could do different things with the content of your email. Don't make the email look like a web page. Then people are like, Hey, spammy uh, too much. I'm, I'm out. I just want to skim through and get out.
2: Yeah. And I think there's really two types of emails we're talking about. One is your traditional demand gen where you're trying to get meetings booked with your sales team and you're really working your new leads and for us signups as well. The other one is these really like engagement, you're engaging your database and you're trying to get their attention And the way to think about re-engagement, and this goes back to your Facebook example, is sometimes you do want to send a lot of emails, but if they aren't engaging with all the emails you're sending, then that's when you actually have to stop. And one of the things that we do is we take a look at how many emails have they received since they last engaged with us. If they haven't engaged with us in, let's say five sends, then we're not going to keep emailing them the same content. Then we'd have to take another strategy against them and try to get them interested in our content again. And then they can go back into our normal nurturing flows.
1: All right. Give me some metrics here as we're talking about how to level set. You mentioned five emails. We're starting to think of a different strategy. What's the open rate we should be looking at to evaluate the content for a demand gen type email? What's the response rates you're looking at? How many emails in a row before you take somebody out of a list? Give me some general idea of when we should start making some moves when it comes to email.
2: You're going to hate my answer here, but...
1: It depends, huh? It
2: depends. Yeah. So one of the things that we have really done here is because it depends and because that's the worst answer to give anyone...
1: Mostly on a podcast, but I won't hold it against you.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So... I think one of the things we look at is how can we improve those metrics? And when we think about a new piece of innovative content that we want to, that we want to try is the open rate and the engagement rate and all the metrics, the key metrics that we look at, is that improving and by how much? So that's what we've been really monitoring on a month to month basis as we're trying out new strategies.
1: I'm going to give some... Baseline metrics. If your emails are being open less than 30%, your titles suck. (laughs) And if less than 10% of those people are clicking, you might want to think about a different call to action. And I don't mean less than 10% of the number of people you sent, 10% of the people that actually opened the email. So if I did the math right, I think that's a 3% click through rate. Those are the general benchmarks where I'm looking and saying, hey, these emails aren't working at a 30% open rate and a 10% engagement rate. That said, you're sending a high volume of email and often these are not just about demand, general they're also about nurture. So part of it is I just want to get content to my customers to make sure that they remember me because not everybody's in market all the time. How do you think about using email for nurturing in a SaaS business?
2: We have a lot of different campaigns running at any given time. And years ago, we used to send out, create a specific email, we'd send it out, it would be new and different. And I think, you know, to your point earlier, be highly designed. And that wasn't the strategy that actually worked that well. We are really working on creating a better newsletter experience and creating something that, you know, prospects, they have expectations on when they will receive it, what types of content that there's different types of content. And this goes really into our segmentation and targeting strategy. And so How can we start thinking about giving them content based on their job role, based on their biggest challenges, and really getting highly, highly personalized, because that is what makes email stand out in someone's inbox.
1: So I think that the idea here is that you understand what has a relevant call to action. Those are probably your demand gen emails. And if you're presenting good content and you're using email as a nurture campaign, a way to distribute your content. You have to be really sure that it's compelling, that it's interesting. And to me, the metric to look at is unsubscribe rate. You can send emails that don't ask for a click, that don't ask for a conversion, that are just presenting information, education. But if people are unsubscribing at an unreasonable rate, then it's time to pull back on the volume.
2: We definitely look at unsubscribe rate. We also look at re-engagement rate. And so because some of our strategies are all based on how we can get people interacting with our emails again, opening and clicking, we look at that over time as well to make sure we're re-engaging a large part of our database.
1: Are there any other ways that you think email should be used for B2B SaaS businesses other than your nurture and your general demand gen?
2: I think there's also a bucket of transactional emails, there's reminders, there's things like that, that you would kind of expect to get when a bill is due or you have an upcoming meeting. I think it's also really important with product launches and product releases. I think that's something we hear from our customers a lot is they want to know when There's new features that solve a challenge they have. So that's also something to think about. That's not necessarily automation that's constantly running, but still important one-off communication.
1: At the end of the day, email is one of your most powerful tools, if not the most powerful tool for growing your SaaS business. Just getting people to the front door doesn't mean they're going to buy something. You have to walk them into the house, show them every room, educate them, and stay in touch. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Rachel Leist, Senior Director of Marketing at HubSpot. If you'd like to hear more of Rachel and HubSpot's tips for building an effective SaaS marketing strategy, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we talk about conversational marketing tactics for your SaaS business. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Rachel, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is Rachel Leist. That's R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E-I-S-T. Or you can visit her company's website, which is HubSpot.com.